That's the name of this episode, Spicy Gasoline. Spicy cheese. <laughs> um, so, good morning. Hello. I'm Natalie. I'm Naima. And you're listening to Defrightful, uh, your bi-weekly deep dive into horror, paranormal, supernatural, fantasy, what have you, media. Mm-hmm. And I am sick. <laughs> I mean, really, there's no good time to record one episode it feels like this is our like what fourth take yeah yeah Ooh. this is our fourth take um i have a cold um there's no salvaging it you know? no this we is it gotta, this is the end we just have to truck through us this is what it is absolutely so you want to start with the uh summary of sharp teeth okay so we got two of them the first one is a sentence fragment from wikipedia <laughs> because uh, people really put their noggins together to try and find a good way to summarize this book and just couldn't make it. Packs of werewolves struggle for power in the underbelly of Los Angeles. Not wrong, but not yeah. really comprehensive. Not wrong, but not really right either. Um, so you have a second summary? I've ripped this one off of Goodreads, which I think it shares with oh, the okay. Amazon, uh summary. And this one says, an ancient race of lycanthropes have survived to the present day and its numbers are growing bent on dominance rival factions are initiating the down and out of LA into their ranks caught in the middle are Anthony a kind-hearted lovesick dog catcher and the object of his affection a female werewolf who has abandoned her pack better okay that's that's really good that's really good Mm -hmm. um and my rating for this was 4.5 stars out of five yep we share it yeah, same rating, basically. Yeah. Um, not like last time where you gave it, like, negative one stars, and I was like, oh, what? I think I'll give it one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'll get, I'll, I'll meet you halfway. This one, uh, we took off that .5 star mostly just because there's so many characters in this book. Yeah, it's like a Jane Austen novel. There's <laughs> just, just so many, so many names, so many threads. Uh, running through it that it can be a little difficult to keep up with, especially if you're, like, picking it up and putting it down like I was. Like, Natalie Um, and I had two very different experiences reading this book. Uh, She, like she just said, she picked it up and she put it down. I sat down on a Thursday and read this whole thing in one sitting. So, and I still, like, I'm not not really strong on the the character names. So Natalie made a list on our docs so that we could actually talk about the characters there's you know like there's a good chunk of them on here but we're missing a few because oh i God, just i know there's i yeah Whew. so this is about the time where our spoiler warning comes into effect so if you want to pause the podcast and go read the book and come back please do that if you don't care about spoilers and are not going to read this book just you know keep keep on man yeah yeah okay so first things first, uh, the book introduces us to Anthony, who's the false protagonist, I think we settled on. Yes. So yeah. he's the dog catcher. He's a dog catcher in Los Angeles. And he's kind of presented as like the male hero and then quickly shuffled off screen for most of the book. 
which I think is great. Um, especially because like we've already talked about in our previous episodes that like female werewolves are rarely protagonists. Exactly. So he's shuffled off screen and the, uh, who we've called the she wolf Mm -hmm. for the most part is it's made clear. She's the actual protagonist here. Yep. And I fucking love it. (laughs) Oh, she's so good. So much. She's such an interesting character. Um, I think an important thing about this book in particular is that, I mean, first of all, it's completely different from Blood and Chocolate in tone and in, like, demographic makeup, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'd say this is probably a little older than Blood and Chocolate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which, I mean, thank God. Oh, yeah. I'm a little tired of uh, young adult fiction right now, but uh, both... The She-Wolf and Anthony are uh, Latinas, so that's better than Blood and Chocolate, which is 100% white. Oh, just <laughs> the caucasity of it all, honestly. <laughs> uh, Why do you think Aiden acts the way he does? <laughs> <laughs> There's this text post the other day I read, and it was like, after reading, uh, or after listening to one of those true crime podcasts for too long, you see any white Caucasian male, and you're like, so how are the women and children in your life? <laughs> how I felt reading Aiden in <laughs> one chocolate. Literally. Um, so there are some other like important characters in the book, but um, the four that are the most important are Anthony, the she-wolf, uh, Lark, who is the uh-huh. former leader of the she-wolf, she-wolf's old pack, um, and then there's Detective Peabody, who's investigating, like, disappearances of disappearances and murders of people who worked with Anthony as dog catchers. And the, that's fucked up. Oh, yeah. The, for, the book is split up into, uh, quote-unquote, books. So it's quite literally, like, each section focuses on something different. So the very first one is literally just, like, all of Anthony's coworkers getting murdered or killing mm-hmm. themselves. Or, um... Their suicide was, like, it was a murder, but it was, like, framed as a suicide. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, there's these, like, really strange, mysterious dog bites. Mm -hmm. And they're, like, how would a dog get into this house? How would a dog kill this person? Um, And you find out uh, some of Anthony's coworkers were actually selling dogs who were werewolves, you know, in disguise. Uh, to, like, fighting pits and to get revenge, uh, a specific werewolf pack is going around and killing them, mm-hmm. which is wild. But the thing is, is I don't think that's ever revealed to Anthony. So, like, he gets to, like, the very end of the book and he, and, like, before he becomes a werewolf, he thinks that literally his job was just cursed. Yeah. He's like, something was wrong with being a dog catcher in LA. Something's up. And he just never, uh, he just never figures it out. We do. The audience does. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mostly because of, like, Detective Peabody. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're seeing it through his eyes as he's investigating these crimes. But, yeah, Anthony, um, Anthony doesn't have very good luck. (laughs) I was about to say, he doesn't have a very good time in this book. No, not at all. A really nice part of this book, though, is... Um, 
it's funny because we call Anthony a false protagonist, but he's almost he's almost boxed in solely to the she wolf's love interest, if that makes any sense. Like how yeah, yeah like how in other romance novels like paranormal romance novels how there's the female main character and then she kind of just only exists as an extension of her male protag her male love interest anthony is like more or less an extension of the she-wolf which is very Mm -hmm. interesting that's what i really enjoyed about this because it's i feel like it's very subversive especially for um like the werewolf genre where like again we're just going to keep repeating the same uh, ideas every fucking episode until we die. Um, <laughs> it's mostly these like big alpha males who are in charge and who are the main characters and um, only like their perspective matters and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it was nice to get like just a completely different view Oh, you know, it's one thing I, th- I don't think we ever mentioned in the previous uh, takes we did on this. Oh, yeah. The she-wolf's an abuse victim. Oh, yeah. And that slaps, honestly. Literally how she reacts as an abuse victim is really, like, true to life. Yeah. The, the, her abuser was this man, I believe his name was Pete. And could have been Carl. That Don't quote me on that. He's a really minor character. Except for towards the end where um, the whole reason she becomes part of um, Lark's pack is because he promises her power to keep her safe from this terrible ex-boyfriend of hers. Mm -hmm. And uh, towards the end of the book, um, she transforms into a werewolf and she literally chases him down the street. And she puts a note on the outside of his door and it says, I sent the dog after you today. Every single day until the day you die, if you step outside of your house, I'm going to send the dog after you until it kills you. And I was yeah. just like, thank God. I was like, that was yeah. so satisfying to read. Um, and they, they kind of conclude that with saying, like, he stopped running. <laughs> and he gained some weight. And he, you know, started staying in more. Um, but yeah, he she was- runs him down. Like, ancient man, uh, you know, ran down fucking prey animals. It was heat. Um, here it is. I found the thing. So I sent the dog and I will keep sending the dog and the dog will be there every day until the dog kills you. And he recognizes her handwriting. And so literally he, he never leaves the house. Yep. Fantastic. It was such a, just fantastic. a wonderful, you know, women gaining power and, and getting their revenge is just so cathartic. Yes. Um, especially in contrast to, um, there's another scene where she I don't want to say like tortures but like she pretty she like you know she kills this guy named Bone who betrayed the original pack mm-hmm. and that like had that edge of the you know she had an edge of seduction in it and then she killed him but this which was just like, beautiful she straight up just terrorized him and terrorized Pete which was delightful yeah it's um it's pretty great it's a, it's a pretty good read if you're, I mean, for anybody, but I think especially for women, um, mm. because we experience a lot of these things, like, firsthand. For men, it would, you know, be kind of, like, it'd be cool, it'd be cathartic, but it's not something that, like, they have experience with, usually. Mm. Um, 
So it's just, I don't know, it's very meaningful. So if you're a woman listening, please, God, go read it. I'm really curious about the audiobook for this one because I saw that it was offered, but I haven't listened to it. I Ooh. think that that would slap so hard to hear. I'm going to send the dog after you. Absolutely. Um, in previous episodes, we talk about like um, how female werewolfism really could tie into just womanhood in general. And mm-hmm. I think the good, the good and best thing about this book is how the she-wolf's werewolfism and... I guess, like, how that ties in, it's not, like, how Blood and Chocolate did it. Yeah. So she takes that werewolfism, and instead of it being something that victimizes her, like how Blood and Chocolate had uh, Vivian constantly hunted and whatnot, Mm -hmm. and feeling insecure, she takes it and she claims power from it, and she becomes powerful from it. Yeah. And especially as, like, an abuse victim, she really... She take, she sees where she can find power and she claims it and she does not let go of it the whole book. That's that's the kind of werewolf I want to be. <laughs> it's such a it's such a good character. Yeah, she's she's absolutely amazing. Now, um so her old pack has pretty much disintegrated. Uh one of the wolves turned on them. And, and sold them out to um, another pack, which is Ray's pack. And um, they killed most of the wolves from Lark's pack. Now, the she-wolf was gone. Because she was sleeping with Anthony. Yeah. So that saved her life. Um, but they, she figures out that Ray's pack wants to find her and kill her. And she, to save Anthony's life, um, kills one of Ray's pack members. And, or, well, kills two of them, doesn't, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Mar- Mariah, I believe. Or Maria. I think it's Maria. Yeah. And another, and like someone that Maria had taken with her to back her up. Yeah. Now, one of them was changed into a wolf. So it looks like um, a human woman and a dog died. Mm-hmm. And then she sets the house on fire. Mm-hmm. So this is, I want to say, like, halfway through the book, maybe? Like, a third of the way through the book? Yeah. So it happens pretty early on, um, but it's been months since her pack was destroyed and since she's been living with Anthony. Mm-hmm. And they're very domestic and, like, married. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's yes. beautiful. It's so nice, um, because it's, like... God bless these two Latinx characters get to fall in love and be happy for a little bit. And, the, and they still yeah. do. The best part is that it's a happily ever under, happily ever after for them. Like, whew. Yeah, it's just, it's a little fucked up getting to the happily ever after, but it's there. It's there. Um, through some bones. Yeah. Gotta, you know, do some work. You have to burn fight some wolves. So, um, what she does is she returns to Lark, who is at this time living as a dog in an anxious woman's house in Pasadena. <laughs> Literally uh, an underexploited avenue for werewolves, I think. Truly, yeah. Um, I think Sharp Teeth brings a lot of like interesting stuff to this genre, including the fact that he has, or that Toby Barlow has um, one of these characters living as a dog, which is so fucking funny. I'll just be a dog. <laughs> Being a human sucks. I'll just be a dog for a while. <laughs> yeah. And like, like a month passes and he's like, you know what? 
I can I can spend a little bit more time living as a dog. And it's like, huh. This, this is like a guy bad. who's like a lawyer and a cutthroat and he managed mm-hmm. He's like, I think being a dog is better. Yeah, and he's like falling in love with his owner. Um and he just he just wants to protect her and he just wants to like hang out in her house and be a dog. Um and now that's actually really important because his owner, uh Bonnie starts to think she's going insane because she's hearing a man's voice at night sometimes and she'll come back into the house and like her pen is moved or maybe her computer is situationed uh, a little bit differently than it was and it's just Lark changing back into human self and doing some like research um, and like calling up old friends and stuff before changing back into a dog Um, which is just so insane to me. So she, uh, Bonnie checks herself into a mental hospital and leaves him with her sister and her sister's kids. And the sister's kids are like potheads and they blow smoke in the dog's face. And he's like, I think he gets high for a little bit. And that was what that section was supposed to mean. Because yeah. they keep blowing marijuana in his face and they're just sitting there. He's just sitting there like, well, I am a dog and I can't really do much about this situation. And then he runs away and he runs back to Bonnie's house instead of, you know, taking that time to break ties and leave her. Mm-hmm. Because he cares for her. So weird. <laughs> a weird dynamic. <laughs> um, well, but- he actually, he goes and he gets the she-wolf. Mm-hmm. And they both go back to Bonnie's house. And when Bonnie shows up back at her house, she's like, oh, now I have two dogs. Yeah. <laughs> She takes it surprisingly well. She's like, oh, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Um, um, during so. the same time, Anthony has fallen into a wreck. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He's complete. And he lives on the beach. And during this time, cause he, he's, he's really just snapped because I would say like the combined stress of all of his coworkers dying on top of his potential wife burning down because it was labeled as a suicide and also that she killed their dog and he's like we don't have any dogs which he didn't really spend much time focused on that but you know detective peabody says you know i'm sorry it looks like she killed her dog too and he like you know in this like days of grief is like we don't have any fucking dogs yeah you know and he doesn't think about it again Literally, it's like, here, I'll find out the exact passage while you keep talking, because it was so... Yeah, so he's now living on the beach, um, homeless, jobless, because he stopped showing up um, as a dog catcher, and somebody from the third werewolf pack is kind of combing the beach, looking for men and women to bring into her pack and she finds Anthony and she brings him a sandwich and then slowly each day he starts to open up more and more to her until she asks him if he would like uh I don't remember the exact wording but basically she asks him if he would like a family again kind of Mm -hmm. and turns him and that's like what it becomes for him is that sense of family again Mm mm-hmm I got that passage for you. Um, 
Peabody says, nightmare for you. She killed your dog, too. And stopping suddenly, Anthony looks up. What do you fucking mean, dog? Peabody looks up, too. Catching it, too. Just as sharp, but hearing it different. Because Peabody's been seeing all these dogs around whenever all the all of his co-workers get killed. So mm-hmm. he's putting it together. And he's not thinking werewolf, but he's like, something's up with these dogs. Yeah. And they think... Uh, they meaning like the pound and the police think that it's just a pack of wild dogs running through LA which um that doesn't really happen out here very much so it's I think a little bit of a strange um connection to make but just some dogs in my city I guess yeah this was also written during uh written I think in 2008 and published in 2009 Mm -hmm. and that's about the time the recession happened and people, oh, yeah, yeah, people out here were just leaving their dogs. Um, so sometimes you would hear about like packs of um, dogs kind of like roaming around, which was so strange. And, you know, I completely forgot about it until this moment. So maybe it's not a weird connection. Yeah, I guess like time, it, it kind of gives you a bit of a, a time reference for this book, a time frame. Yeah, uh, especially because they're not really... Uh, texting very much. No. Very funny. Well, yeah. Freedom. yeah. Um, so yeah, you definitely have like a, a point of reference, I think. So, for this book. so at this point, um, Anthony is a werewolf and he's in, I believe her name is Annie, Annie's Pack. Mm-hmm. And Annie's Pack has a lot to do with the plot because, <laughs> yes, uh, Parallel to this, there's two men called Goyo and Venable who have been calling up Dr. Or Dr. Peabody, kill me, <laughs> Mr. Peabody and <laughs> serial killer style, leaving him like really cryptic messages. And he's like, have you, have you heard about the dogs? Why don't you ask about the dogs? Yeah. And, and so that's really why Mr. Peabody is just on his toes because this man keeps sending him scary messages on his voicemail. And at a point he like shows up to Peabody's like family and he's like sitting like with his with Peabody's child on his lap just to like intimidate him for yeah. no reason. Just wildly fucked up. And so Annie intersects with this because Annie was part of a South American pack or a pack that had moved to South America. I don't recall which because she is a white woman yeah they never said um how they wound up in south america or like what the makeup of the pack was but they were all surfers so they're mm-hmm. kind of like traveling the coast of um i think they're traveling the east coast of south america mm-hmm. and uh they were run out by like wherever they were they were run out by locals who found out they were werewolves and and started killing them so they run up through central america um into north america into mexico Mm -hmm. and in there they get caught and put in a factory i don't neither Mm -hmm. of us really remember like what the factory's purpose was but they're like just kind of confined in this factory i guess it was a holding place for the dog fighting um and in this so the dogs are pit against each other to fight each other and again like I think it's like uh, seven or so of them are actually werewolves, including Annie. And so Annie's big plan is to shapeshift back into uh, her 
pretty white girl self and pretend to just be laying around the dogs. And because she's a werewolf, none of the actual, like, real dogs want to hurt her because they're kind of scared of her. Yeah. So she's just laying there. And then she seduces the guy that owned the factory because he takes her back to his house. And then she kills him and then comes back to spring her, well, basically her family from, her family, her pack from the factory. And doing so, she just burns the whole thing down. So she does lose some of the pack because she burned the factory down. And that man that she killed is Goya's brother. Mm -hmm. And he has been on the trail of vengeance since then. And that was like two years ago, maybe three years ago, I think, by the time it comes around to the book. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I was going to say, I don't remember where that guy intersected, but there's also uh, a man that Annie's pack has been torturing. I don't remember what his name was. Yeah, I don't remember what his name was either, but um, this is where the dog catcher connection comes in. Um, The other dog catchers who were murdered actually sold two of Annie's pack mates to this dude who uh, Annie's pack has been torturing. And... um, he was going to take them to the dog fighting pits, but instead they attacked him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they, they lived. Uh, so Annie, Annie and her pack mates uh, torture this dude. It, it basically to get revenge for him making their pack mates fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, hurting dogs in general. So they've been slowly cutting off his limbs. Yeah, and then there's, like, a part where they're like, hey, here's this prosthetic leg, and he already has both his legs, and he knows exactly what that means. Yeah. And it's just like... Whew. So, that's a, that's a rough life, bud. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he made his decision. He made his choices. Oh, yeah. So... Um, what else, like, the other thing that's really interesting about Goyo and Venable is that they were at, I think, like, the California Bridge Championships. Yep. Which is where they meet Cutter and Blue, who are also a part of Lark's first pack. Mm -hmm. So it's coming full circle. Everybody's connected. There are no coincidences. And that was Lark's plan all along. He said... Just keep playing bridge. And they're like, we don't want to play bridge. We're werewolves. I want to kill. And he's like, no, you're werewolves that play bridge now. <laughs> and then they get all the way to the to the championships. And they're like, and Venable leans across the table at a point. And he's like, sorry to hear about your friends. And I don't remember if that's the first time that they hear that their pack has been killed. But I think it was like, they, were sus- they suspected it because they kept calling the pack and getting like a dropped call. Yeah. And then like sorry about your friends and they realize that their entire pack is dead and they they go into the bathroom and they're like basically you know we gotta pull it together and we gotta keep going for each other you know it's um, and they hug it's really sweet yeah it's it's really good cutter and blue are um i think they're pretty young Mm -hmm. um it sounds like most of the pack members were uh straight out of the military which would mean anywhere from, like, early to mid-20s if they just went the four-year route. Um, so, you know, they're, they're kids, essentially. They're 
you know, 23, 24, 25. And they're used to having the security of this, like, big group behind them. But it's just the two of them now. And that was, that was really sad. It was really sad. Especially because, like you said, like, I don't think we're ever given actual ages for them. But you definitely get, like, the child vibe off of them in that they're young adults that don't know really how to handle themselves without the security of the family of the pack because they keep ordering a bunch of room service and a bunch of unhealthy food and running up like the hotel bills because they have like all the credit cards from the pack Mm -hmm. like Uh the pack's bank account and it's just really sad but they do make friends with uh, Venable and uh, Goyo because they beat the two of them at bridge (laughs) that was really (laughs) cute (laughs) (laughs) and so oh also there's like one thing uh that i just i was like this is so much it was like these two sisters that were playing and they had their own tells and cutter and blue notice that they're cheating and literally calls one of them is like if you if you keep cheating i swear to god i'm gonna kill you (laughs) (laughs) like it shouldn't have been that funny but after that they they stopped cheating completely and i was like it's a bridge game. <laughs> like, yeah, it got really got really intense. Um, but when you, you know, when you look at it and you realize, like, bridge was literally all they had. Mm-hmm. It Ugh. makes sense. Like, their reaction makes sense, especially because they are so young. But, oh, man, that whole... <laughs> the bridge sequence <laughs> that is whole so... tangent. <laughs> it's so fun. Like, Werewolves playing bridge... Yeah, oh. not something you'd expect, I guess. You know, Barlow, you're mine. Amazing, <laughs> fucking genius. Um, uh, moving on, just because we hit the thirty minute mark. Um, uh, another interesting, uh, what do you call it? Like a comeuppance from Venable and Goya's relationship with Cutter and Blue mm-hmm. is that he has uh, Ray gets arrested. He gets thrown naked. Well, he was probably thrown as a dog and then transformed back. So he's naked into the dog pound by uh, Baron and Maria. Baron is a former member of um, Lark's pack. Yeah, he was the initial turncoat. Mm-hmm. And he turncoated twice. So, you know. Double agent. Trust someone when they show their true nature to you the first time. Yeah. Or trust um, no one. <laughs> in this book, you might as well not. Yeah. Um. But he, uh, Venable turns to Cutter and Blue, and he has, you know, we never talked about the meth subplot, but basically, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, basically, uh, Venable runs a very large meth business, <laughs> and so he was paying, he's a meth back. entrepreneur, he's, um, he's like the <laughs> Elon Musk of meth, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> and so he was paying Ray's pack to bust up smaller meth labs and so you just like sometimes in the perspective of like Ray's pack you see like they're going to meet like this older sad older woman who's busted up from her meth addiction and he's like why are we tearing this place up and he's like we just gotta we were paid by Venable and so Venable has a debt to Ray to spring him from jail because he was arrested um because he was thrown into the I, I don't know what it was for. Like, I guess indecent exposure. But anyways. And so he, um, 
Venable turns to Cutter and Blue and he's like, I'm going to send Ray into this house and that's where my obligation ends to him. Remember, I promised the both of you some justice. I didn't realize it was going to be so literal. And so Venable, who does not know about the werewolves, is like, I'm going to stay in the car. Me and Goya are going to stay in the car and you two can go into Ray's house. And do whatever you want. Basically. I'm just going to turn my back. And Cutter and Blue are bloodthirsty because that was their family. Yeah. And for a lot of these kids, it seems like um, that this was, like, the only family they had. Like, the She-Wolf. Oh, yeah. Um, She has nobody, you know. And you don't know why. You don't know if it's because, like, she was cut off from her family in this abusive relationship or if they're dead. But everybody is alone. The pack is the only family they have. You get, like, the distinct impression from the She-Wolf, even, that, she, like, the only real connection she has outside of the pack was, like, this long string of ex-boyfriends that ended in Pete the Shitlord. <laughs> and so, you really just get the impression that she's very lonely and that she doesn't have anything other than the pack. And when the pack disappears, she really sinks her, her claws into Anthony. Mm-hmm. And so, after the murder of Ray Baron and Maria... Oh no, Maria's dead now. Baron has this plan to. <laughs> this is really one good thing about Barlow's like mind is that he's like, you know what, werewolves do look like dogs, and you're just sitting there as the audience, and you're like, they do, don't they? <laughs> so he's like, we're gonna put it. Baron says we're gonna put all the dogs into the um, what do you call it? Like the dog catching areas, mm-hmm. the pounds. Sorry. <laughs> um. And we're going to get them adopted. And we're going to put them in everybody's house. And then we're going to rise up and yeah. take over California. It'll be like <laughs> sleeper agents. like. <laughs> and it doesn't make a lot of sense. But he, that's what he thought was going to happen. And then... Yeah, too bad Lark just, already thought of it. <laughs> yeah, Lark's already, Lark, Lark has already hightailed it, I, th- I believe, at this point. Mm-hmm. In the book, him and the she-wolf ran out of Bonnie's house and left her brokenhearted. Yeah, poor Bonnie. I, it... it oh. It becomes better in the end, but for now, poor Bonnie. And so this all comes to a head when Peabody is coming to investigate Annie's pack because Annie has been kind of playing this game of cat and mouse with him um, because she kind of like leads the police close to where the pack is and then like intimidates him otherwise. And then he, I believe he trailed them. Back to like where their ranch is. Yes. So he's there, and then, um, what is it? Um, Baron's pack is coming to fight Annie's pack for superiority, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, <laughs> this whole time, Lark has been building up his own pack, his new pack, to come fist fight Baron's new pack. <laughs> so all three packs convene. Uh, and it's, like, all-out war. Oh, they're just fist-fighting. They're just scuffling. Um, and then... And by fist-fighting, I mean they're dogs, and they're biting at each other. Yeah. And then Annie, or Annie, um, Anthony, <laughs> not Annie, Anthony and the She-Wolf um, find each other in the melee mm-hmm. and realize that, you know, they're both alive and that they can, you know, like, be together whatever and i don't remember don't don't undersell this natalie because 
uh, Anthony is a bit of a coward, and so things start getting really rough, and he's like, I'll just leave. And uh, That's the fair. He didn't sign up pissed. for this. The she-wolf is pissed. She's like, who's trying to run away from this? I'll, I'll kill you. You're so stupid. And so she chases after him, and finally he, like, slows down, and they're so tired. And then he changes back into a human, and she realizes it, and also changes back. And he thinks he's hallucinating, or, like, he's dying. And it's just, like, this beautiful reunion where they're like, oh, you're alive? And he's like, you're alive and then they're together forever because i said so (laughs) they're in love because i want them to be (laughs) well they were in love but like god bless they get a happy ending yeah which is nice um you don't always get that in werewolf books it's almost like uh i feel like in a lot of werewolf lit the prevailing idea is that they don't deserve a happy ending so this was very nice very refreshing like overall um, so I don't remember whose pack <laughs> dominates. Um, oh, they all, most of them die. Um, so I remember the female of Lark's new pack dies. And so most of them like give up fighting because most of them were the thing of the thing about werewolves in this, which is very interesting is that all the packs are female centric. So they all fight for her, but other than that, they don't really have a reason to fight. Yeah. So, so it's all to protect the she-wolf. Um, you know, like, she's the kind of glue of the pack. So, like Naima said, what it really boils down to is that it's all about the she-wolf. Mm-hmm. And so um, most of them die. One guy gets... Okay, so we also didn't mention that there's a helicopter because Peabody called in reinforcements. And so there's, like not like the like what are the people that break down doors the those people are like they're with like sniper rifles shooting down dogs SWAT? and one guy gets huh swat yes yeah, swat it was oh, a SWAT. okay <laughs> the people it that break SWAT. down doors the people that break down doors i'm like it's not the cia it's not the fda <laughs> it's the fda <laughs> and so <laughs> future farmers of america are up there <laughs> With their sniper rifles. Busting down doors. Um, And so he's sniping those dogs. And one of them, I think it's either Cutter or Blue. But one of them gets clipped in the brain. And so he keeps shape-shifting back and forth between a wolf and a human. Book ends with that guy um, getting lifted, airlifted, like, onto uh, onto that helicopter. And they're just, like, staring at him like, you poor bastard. They have no idea. They're, like, they don't know what a werewolf is. So they're just, like, what's going on with this guy? Yikes. I don't remember that. So I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> oh, I, I really, like, that's the one thing that never got any, like, real resolution. So it was just kind of, like, dropped there. Yeah. So nobody really wins. I think most of Annie's pack is wiped out. Um, Annie is still alive because she didn't go to the fight. She's still at the ranch. Um. yeah it's just like a big old bloodbath and nobody wins and then ultimately it literally ends with like there's a bunch of werewolves in LA pretending to be a, be dogs and there's <laughs> never any there's never any wolf whistle to like rise up or whatever so they just keep being dogs for a long time yeah which I uh, God. I could imagine like worse endings for them but like just how demeaning you know um, I mean, Lark didn't find it demeaning, but he, I think he kind of struck gold with Bonnie. 
Um, which brings us kind of around to uh, another resolution, which is Lark finds Bonnie in a bar she's at. Uh, like, she's waiting for a friend, and he finds her. And he offers her, like, the power of lycanthropy, just like he offered it to the she-wolf. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> now what I thought was what was uh, going to happen was he was just going to be like, hey, you remember that dog you had? And then just, like, strip and shapeshift into a werewolf. Um, I really would have lost my mind. My I, damn- I would have lost my shit. But um, he doesn't do that. Instead, he he just is like, I can offer you something you need. Or, like, you know, whatever. And makes her into oh. a werewolf. Uh, a bit of a take back. I've been calling the she-wolf of of Ray's pack Maria. I mixed up Maria who is the she-wolf of Oh uh, no. Of Lark's. And okay. Sasha who was the one that was killed. My okay. Bad. Well I think I I think I wrote down Maria as as Ray's pack so that is my fault. <laughs> oh no problem. Really it's just like a just a small fix. It's no big deal. There's only like three female, four female characters in this book. So even if the she-wolf is like the shining star. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. Um, so yeah. again, dogs across LA. Nothing happens. It's <laughs> anticlimactic. You can kind Those of get, poor like, bastards. <laughs> yeah. Just, Those are some dogs. They're in the doghouse now. But um. Oh. It's not a good one. No, it is a joke. Um. So yeah, that's that's about that's about it. I mean, there's other things like in this book, obviously, but it's you can't cover everything in one sitting. So I'd really recommend going and reading it because the verse is absolutely beautiful. The the way all of the threads tie together in the end is amazing. I don't think another author could have done this no it's beautiful prose beautiful characterization and even if the ending kind of like drops off a little bit i still think it's pretty satisfying for how the story was set up yeah pretty solid fantastic read all around absolutely uh so naima where can everybody find us you can find us at defrightful spelled the same as our podcast on tumblr and on twitter we actually got the at defrightful uh handle so you can just go straight there uh on twitter yeah no defrightful pod nonsense we got the entire thing thank god um so if you have any questions or comments feel free to tag us in something on twitter or on tumblr um remember to rate and review this podcast and thanks for listening See you next time. Join us in two weeks when we're going to be talking about 1941's The Wolfman. Just for the Wolf Dan. Just for the Wolf Dan. Bye. Bye. Bye.